0: Um, yeah, so cheers guys for joining. Uh, yeah, let's have a quick poll around the room, uh, give yourselves a quick introduction as to who you are, who you representing, all the rest of it.
1: I can start. <laughs> yeah. uh, my name is Pierre Kovalec. Uh, I'm, uh the, I represent Sweden in this podcast, and uh, I'm, I'm the coach of the men's team, and I play in the mix team, and I've been for some time now.
2: Okay, I'll go second, I think. Uh, my name is Marie Potthoff. I play uh, for the Netherlands, and I currently play in the women's and mix team. And yeah, I've been playing for like, I don't know, three years, joined two Europeans, so hi.
3: Cool. Um, yeah, I'm Jordan Taylor. Uh, I play for England men's, um, and I've just finished my third season with them.
0: Yeah, Pierre. Let's kick off. Let's kick off with Sweden. Um, sum up your Euros experience for us as a Swede.
1: Yeah, uh, like my general experience, for... or what was the question really?
0: Just sum up. Yeah, sum up your general Sorry. Sum up your general experience. Your general experience uh, from from Euros. Uh,
1: well, amazing. I, I mean, everything was kind of uh, kind of better than, than I anticipated. Uh, I was personally under a lot of like, a lot of stress from a lot of different things happening and just getting to Newcastle and seeing how everything looked and how the hall was and everything just, just a load off my mind and I was just able to just go in full dodgeball mode. So uh, that, that really felt nice. Um, my, my general experience, I guess, uh my, my my best my best part of the Euros, I guess, was seeing Spain. That was just such a moment of happiness and just seeing what energy they brought and uh, and that guy doing the cartwheel. That that was my happy <laughs> that was just amazing.
3: Yeah, no absolutely I agree. Like just seeing the ever expanding roster of teams coming to Euros is just it's so good to see. Um and yeah, Spain coming out and just really, really enjoying themselves was it was a nice touch, I think
1: yeah, absolutely. i I got, I got to practice my my kind of kind of traveler spanish and go dodgeball Spanish which, which wasn't the easiest transition, but we, we managed to communicate like basic tactics and, and just general things that most teams do that usually take take like a year or two before teams figure that out and then just they were, were able to like adapt and just. Overcome that that first uh, first step of kind of getting all the tactics together in in the middle of the tournament, which was amazing. I was so impressed by them, actually. Yeah, they, they took two two sets in their last game. I think I think it was against Ireland, maybe.
0: Oh, no, yeah, they took they did take a few sets off Ireland. That was, Just that was
1: good. amazing. Yes, makes me happy.
0: <laughs> same for same for Croatia as well. Um... Deputizing at Euros, but make a uh, making a good account of themselves for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. However, I would argue that that they had a little bit of training during the CEC. Uh, they did a huge step up, though, which kind of shows the the need for experience of, of tournaments on international level. Because you see teams grow so much just just from participating in, in whatever tournament. How how everything evolved wise. Yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, I think the difference of
3: um, Croatia and Spain, you could, you could tell that Croatia had... I think they played at the CEC, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, and that, that was pretty evident. Sort of, There was, was a lot less uh, panicky on court, I'd say, but Spain adapted so quickly to what they needed to do that they did start to sort of... I wouldn't say they, they pushed teams, but they didn't let teams just steamroll them.
1: No, exactly. And I mean, we've all been there, uh, just coming to that first tournament not knowing really exactly all the rules and, and just just being a bit, I don't know, weirded out by all the complex nature of the play ball and everything like that. So Croatia had a little bit of, of experience with that after the CEC and it really showed. I mean, uh, their their women's played amazingly in the, the
0: whole first two days. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it was... Um it's re- it's really good that they, they seem to be having a good time about it as well. Um like they were they were kind of realistic about um coming coming to play but realistically coming to get beaten. But taking it all with a pinch of just enjoying the whole occasion and the atmosphere of it. That was really good to see. Um I suppose, Jordan, what were your um some of your experiences for us?
3: Um so yeah, obviously start by saying not the results that england sort of wanted or expected really um coming away with third in the mixed in men's was it's not what we used to so i think it was a big big shock to the system for a lot of people um but other than the results i'd say the the tournament in itself was run run rather well um obviously having previous experience of british dodgeball tournaments um there's a lot that can go lot can go wrong
1: <laughs>
3: um but yeah no um yours this year i think was was really really good um the atmosphere was great um there was some incredible dodgeball on display um and it yeah it's just making me sort of very excited for next october really agreed yeah on the on the news that um Obviously, we've all seen Dodgeball Netherlands, Instagram and social media. Um, (laughs) It looks like next year's Euros could be very, very fun indeed.
2: Yeah, we hope so.
3: Yes, very much so.
2: Yeah, we're we're trying to make it the best Euros ever, but that's probably not going to happen because the bar is so high. So, yeah, we'll just try to make it good for everyone and then we'll be happy. But, uh, well, I have some... Great news for you because we officially have a Dutch ball bond right now in the Netherlands. They uh, officially signed the papers today so now everything is official and we can start planning and doing all the preparations for the euros next year. Oh yeah, oh, fantastic. Oh, nice. Yeah, wow, are so... we the
1: first to hear this on international level?
2: Yes, yes oh, you yeah. are, <laughs> probably. It's already on Facebook so maybe some people have read it already but you're the first to hear it. Cool. Person.
1: It yeah. counts. It counts. <laughs> yeah. Us in the horse then. Yes.
2: <laughs> Four people in the horse. For the <laughs> first to hear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose, on that, what sort of um, can you give us a sneak peek of anything that we can expect from the Netherlands?
2: Uh, well, I'm not really in the whole preparations for the Euros exactly, but I'm pretty sure we're starting up in more cities Uh, so we're trying to make teams in more cities than before so hopefully we'll get something of a competition started this year and well yeah as you probably already guessed that will be a great thing for the whole dodgeball in the netherlands because we really hope to get some people excited about it and to keep them coming to our dodgeball team so yeah we're also trying to start up uh, team trainings for the Dutch team, so hopefully we'll be better next year, and we can bring some some really exciting new pe- new people.
1: We love your people. You don't need to bring new ones. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody sort of,
3: even players alike, just loved the uh, the sticker collecting system this, this Euros. Um, I know know some of the juniors loved it and then even some of the like players and coaching staff for some of the teams were You could see them with the little sheets of paper, everybody's faces running around looking for stickers
2: (laughs) Yeah, we got some people really excited and it was so fun to do because You just get people talking to you and it's a great way to start a conversation if someone Just asks you for a sticker then Well, I saw a lot of Many more people than last year this year because of the stickers and that really just makes the whole experience better when you get to talk and meet new people.
3: I think um, your logical next step then from stickers is you've, you've got to have a dodgeball Netherlands top trumps.
2: Yeah, maybe <laughs> May- we we might get some uh, some some dodgeballs with our faces on or something. It <laughs> might also be cool to collect. A
0: <laughs> hey, um an underlying feature in some of the pods that we've had before was that. Um, especially Swiss on the on the Swedish uh, Swedish episode was very um, hung up a little bit on um, the fact that Sweden's development was stunted by the lack of league opportunity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hopefully this opens the door a lot for the Netherlands and really takes you guys to the next level.
2: Yeah, I heard that podcast as well, and I really think that leagues can really bring. More people to join the dodgeball squad, and that just makes the whole uh, squad better. And it just, uh, yeah, it gives you more opportunities to train against people that you might not usually play against. So it's really good to also play against different styles and different different kinds of people, the ones you don't play with every week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just and just getting getting the hang of how the games actually work when everything is. Everything is controlled, including lines, including time. I mean, during, during just fun, open practices, I, I suspect more than us are just a bit slacking on the rules so that we <laughs> can just enjoy the game more instead yeah. of being like, be very, very hard on, on time and lines and stuff like that. So I think just actually being that in, in, a, in a closed context just gives you the experience that you need for higher competition.
2: And it's also good to practice playing against people with other tactics than you are used to because for me I usually play in Leeuwarden and well after a few weeks or a few months you get to know how people play and what their tactics are. And it's just really easy to anticipate on that and if you get to play against other people and people with other tactics then it's really useful to get, to, to get used to adapting to other people's play styles
3: yeah I think I think that is definitely one one of the sort of benefits of in interna- the sort of international setup as it were um uh, I guess I know with the with the England setup a lot of the people that I play with on the England team I would sort of compete against regularly in sort of leagues that kind of stuff um so when we sort of trained with them at England, I'd be able to anticipate what they were gonna do I know what their play style was but then when it comes to going to euros or any these are new people. You don't know how they're going to play and it keeps you on your toes and it's just it pushes that development for the individual players.
2: Yeah, and I think it really is important to get to know which people can adapt to other people's play styles because eventually those are going to be the people that you need for your national team because uh, there are a lot of people with just the raw talent to throw a ball and catch a ball and dodge But you really need some insight and some adaptability, I think, to really become good enough to do well on the Euros. And, well, that's just important to get to know the people that can do that and to find them.
1: Well, needless to say, uh, all the Swedes are very jealous. (laughs) (laughs) We're working on the league problem, but I I, I haven't heard the, the episode yet, but I suspect it was Ben. I was talking about it, no? Yes, no?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we're in, in total agreement on that point. So uh, we'll try to work something out so we can level up and maybe our women's can beat the Netherlands this year.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> it was a great game against the Swedes, though. It's always it fun was. to play against you. Yeah. It was,
1: but, but I, I kept my ear to the ground and I, I heard you of aiming high for the women's
2: this year yeah yeah we were aiming to uh to become higher placed than last year which was eighth for the women so yeah we made it we became second uh seventh so yeah that's one goal achieved and also for the mixed we uh ended up a lot higher than last year which was i think it was 12th or 14th even and this year we became seventh with the mixed as well so yeah, mm. we were really happy about that because it wasn't really something we expected to do with the mixed, especially because, well, the level of play is just so high and it's really hard to adapt to that if you don't train a lot with the entire team because uh, especially in the men's competition, you just see that it's not enough anymore to just be able to throw a ball really hard, but you really just have to work together so well and it's just really hard to get that level of well that, that uh, to achieve that and then well, we had I think three team trainings in total last year, so we were yeah. really happy to, <laughs> to get that level that was necessary to, uh, to win a few competitions and to plays higher
1: than last year. Yeah, I think in general, like, uh, the, the mixed tactics have, have very much evolved during the last two, three years. Uh, I mean, of course, everybody's tactics have evolved with the whole switch from three to five balls and, and every year there was kind of a new concept with uh, uh, with throwing one ball or two balls or just like general tactics that have been adapted by many teams. But in general I think the mix is one of the well if not the division that has been developed the furthest the last like two two, three years, uh, purely on, on on court dynamics and on the tactics and how to play play to people's strength. And I, I love I love to see more of that during the coming Euros.
0: Yeah, I think that um you raise a very good point there. And I think that having played the Dutch mixed team at the most recent at the euros i was very um take pleasantly taken aback by um how cohesive they were as a as a team unit i kind of expected them to be a bit um bit erratic and frenetic but they were um they were organized a a good unit and a, a bunch of players that had a very good understanding of how of their own game plan and of their own team um so yeah we had a we had a very very good game against the a dutch mix team um mm-hmm. And yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be one to keep an eye on in the near future.
2: That's good to hear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hopefully that's not the kiss of death. But there you go.
2: (laughs) Nah, we'll go easy on you.
0: Cool. Yeah. Any any sort of standout moments or memories from from bureaus from you guys?
1: Well I said it before but I'll say it again. The Spanish cartwheel was my highlight of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that was just amazing. They we, we we wanted to win really badly because we were that was our first mixed game and we couldn't we couldn't take it easy on the Spanish because if we ended up in like a, a triangle drama it would count on the points. So we really had to, to like push it. Now it didn't matter and we, we got in what tenth place, anyhow? But but we wanted to to kind of keep our chances up, and they were keeping so much good ambience, and we're so happy and so fair play and everything. I just just big shout out to the to the Spanish team in general.
2: Yeah, it, that was also a hi- highlight for me because it's always really fun to see new people and new teams joining and just enjoying themselves because. I think we all remember our first Euros and how fun it was and how overwhelming it was. And it's just so good to see that the people can still have fun even though it's not always going as well as you would hope or expect. And, yeah, it's, it's always great to see people still playing fair and still having fun even though it's not always going to plan.
1: Yeah, they, they were kind of having... Realistic expectations after the first game, (laughs) Uh, but I I think they play foam at home, Uh, and they play a a very much more individual kind of uh, kind of version of dodgeball. uh, If I understand correctly, Uh, don't quote me on this, (laughs) Uh, but but uh, I think like the whole the whole tactics part was was new to them. So when they started to get the hang of that, uh, they started to protect themselves. Like better and better. Uh, I think they they went down to twenty-eight nil in the two following games, and then they took like the, the two sets against Ireland it was just wow. The, you could hear the ambience in the whole hall. Everybody just stood up shouting. It was beautiful.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's um, that's like uh, probably a theme that underpins quite a lot of the teams that were there. Just the sheer amount of. Improvement, not not just necessarily in the year leading up to Euros, but even over the course of the four days, in some cases, was um, was really quite something something unrecognizable from the start versus the end. Uh,
1: also, I would say the Hill Brothers in Northern Ireland. Yeah. I mean, they, they they've been leveling up them skills, yo. <laughs> they they were good last year, but this year you just see how they've been working together and they work with the team, and just it was a whole other level, which obviously showed in the result as well. But that was that was a happy surprise
0: for me. Yeah, agreed, hundred percent. I think it's also um, they've been a very a very popular team as well for some time, and.
1: Um, it's because of the song; it's too catchy, man. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and hopefully, that will be stuck in all our listeners' heads after all. After this, it's, it's <laughs> it will be in mine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: But yeah, going on sort of from the highlights thing, I think it's it's probably not nice of me to say it was a highlight. But I think being in the crowd with 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 all the spectators and other players and everything for the final was was so much fun the, the atmosphere the energy that people were showing and not to mention just the sh- just everyone the, the northern ireland chanting the Austria chanting it just couldn't help but get the blood pumping and i think seeing it from the other perspective of being a spectator it was it was unreal it really was like i haven't I felt that atmosphere or energy at Dodgeball because I've just not been there when I've just not had the chance, really.
1: You're very welcome to the spectator team. We we're welcome <laughs> <the open> <laughs> you. Yeah. yeah, but that's,
2: al- yeah, that's also what I enjoy about Dodgeball in general because everybody is just so nice and everybody is just cheering for each other and. Uh, just hoping for the best team to win. And that's just really nice to be a part of, just to, yeah. to feel that energy and to be able to cheer for everyone. And that's just one of the most fun things about dodgeball for me.
3: Yeah, I think, sort of, yeah, including on that, is that, I remember my first Euros, um, Glasgow 2017, I remember people pre-warning me that, like, don't worry, when you step on court and hear booing, they're doing it just for England, not for, like, you (laughs) personally. And I was just like, I hope so. Like, nobody really knows me, so. (laughs) Um, But this year, there was just, I don't think there was none of that. It was just all support. Like, there was no sort of booing other teams. It was just all support for the team that you wanted to win.
1: In general, people shouldn't boo. I, no. I think that that's that's something that everybody in any coach or manager position should try to avoid at all costs. We're not here to be negative about each other. Everybody puts in an effort during the whole year and trains for this. No matter if you're the, on the best winning side or the worst losing side, we should all care for each other. I just, yeah. I, as, as an official statement, that should be everybody's kind of goal to be as inclusive as possible to everybody, yeah. I think it makes yeah. no sense. I agree.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: Everybody who attends has put so much effort in and deserves to be there that that should only ever be celebrated.
1: That said, I will also always root for the underdog, no matter what. <laughs> 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 Every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody loves an underdog story. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I suppose just out of uh out of interest, obviously the um England came away from the Euros are pretty disappointed with uh with their haul in the end. What's the what's the sort of fallout been um in the England camp? How are how are you gonna push yourselves to make sure it's make sure you're back to your best next time around? Um there hasn't really been much at
3: at the um at the moment. Um Obviously now that sort of the British season's in downtime, we don't really see each other as much, but um, we have got sort of scheduled phone calls and stuff with the coaches up and coming over the next couple of weeks to sort of review euros our own performance team performance, that kind of stuff um, but yeah, I imagine there's gonna it's it's not gonna be an ideal conversation um but at the end of the day. Um it was through sort of our own performance that we didn't get the result we wanted. That's not disregarding the teams they played phenomenally, like Northern Ireland in that semi-final. We just could not hit them for Toffee. Like their dodging was incredible. Their control, they fully deserved that win, I think. Um so yeah it's, it's just gonna be Now that the coaches themselves have had time to reflect it's just yeah basically how do we improve not what did we do uh, what did we do wrong i think if we go into it with a here's the negatives it's not going to help the development as much as if we went in with here's the positives
2: yeah but i think you should really see it as a positive thing because Uh, it just means that uh, level of the entire sport is just becoming higher and that you have to that everybody just has to work harder to get to the top and I think that's just a really big boost to the sport to make it a bit more professional and I mean it in a nicest way but it was kind of nice to see England not at the top this time because it just gives other teams a boost as well because they're going to be like, if Northern Ireland can do it, then so can we. And that just motivates people more. And I think that's just really helpful, sorry, helpful for the entire sport to motivate people a bit more and to show that it's possible if you work hard and if you're just play really well.
1: Yeah, no, yeah I, I, I agree. I, I think more, more contestants for the throne Kind of will up the game in Europe in general because that, that means that if it's not always the same two teams in the finals, anybody can make it, like you said. So I think yeah. it's, a, it's a good motivator for other teams that are mid to, to lower ranking uh, just to, to actually up their game.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so show even, them. even though yeah, it's, it's, it's possible. Uh, it's, uh, even though it's it's a uh, it's a bad apple to bite in, <laughs> but yeah. uh, For you guys, for us, uh, everybody else, it was kind of well. So it is possible.
2: <laughs> yeah. So we just have to train harder and be more confident in our play and just work harder, and then it's possible. So yeah, it's. I think it's not that fun for England. So I'm really sorry for you guys that it wasn't possible to play your best at in Newcastle at your own Euros, but. I think it's really help. It's been really helpful for this sport in general. So yes. thank you for yes. that. I think.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's sort of the uh, the bittersweet thank you, isn't it? Like.
2: Yeah.
3: Sorry, guys, but thanks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, It's it's going to prevent prevent some teams plateauing. I think because they're going to think, "Ah, oh, England are unbeatable. What's what's the point?" Like less. Whereas now, Northern Ireland have done it. You know it's been done, it, they can be beaten, let's let's keep yeah. them in the top spot, as
1: it were.
2: Yeah, exactly. No, it's also motivating for England, I think, because I think being on, at the top of your level for so long that it's just also kind of hard to push yourself to train more, to be better. And now it's just also motivation for you guys, I think, to improve your game and to just see how you can play Differently next year.
1: Yeah, it's that old saying, you only get better by playing a better opponent, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be quite it's gonna be quite interesting. Um, like you say that England have very rarely been in this position in that they're playing catch up. But it's also gonna be quite an interesting dynamic that Northern Ireland had never really been in this position where they're um where they're going into every going into every Euros with a realistic shot of of a yeah. gold medal, and uh, it's also kind of puts Austria in a new position as well because it's really they've only really had England to worry about and England to to strive and catch, and all of a sudden there's, yeah, this, there's uh, new people on the block who's yeah. um, going to pose a serious threat to them. Yeah, adds a really it adds a really interesting dynamic for the next Euros for, at the very least. Any any thoughts on other nations? Who do you think is going to be? Who do you think going to be one to one to watch in the near future?
3: Um, Wales women, absolutely. Um, after the performance that they've just put in this Euros, um, I think another season is going to do them a world of good. It they're going to come back probably the strongest we've seen them in a long while. Um, yeah, I think they're they're definitely one to watch in the women's. Um, same. Same with Italy and the men. To be fair, um, when you got players like um, Giselli, <laughs> um, yeah, player of the tournament, no less. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, it, Italy sort of men put in a very, very good performance. And um, they were they were always good to watch. Not only because of they were a very fun team to watch, but the level of play that they showed was a, such a high standard.
1: Also, while we're on the subject of Giselli, I would like to do big shout out to Hinton and Aaron Murphy from Northern Ireland because they did like the the most fair play playing that I I think I've seen on European level. They were just so honest and just walking off even when nobody saw or heard them hit like all over and over and over again. So that that was one of my biggest uh, when you, when like important things for me during the Euros to just see. Uh, that that we're going in the right direction. So just while we're on the subject, just big shout out. But yeah, uh, I I would uh, I on the women's I, I I think we should look out for Netherlands and Croatia. I think if both of them are are stepping up their game and just avalanching forward in in skill and tactics. And I think they're gonna be forced to be reckoned with uh, now coming Europe's. Uh, so well, watch out, everybody.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first.
1: <laughs> Call it.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, th- I think with, with another year's sort of training as well as another DEC, I think, yeah, um, good things are going to come from Netherlands women.
2: Yeah, I think we had a few new girls joining last year and we are really trying to become... A team now so we're trying to work on some tactics instead of just individual playing and i really hope that's working out because well i think we really have a really talented squad right now but what we lack is just the coordination and working together as a team and that's what really made us lose a few games and lose a few crucial sets this year so i hope we can Work and train to make it better next year, and hopefully we'll be the one to watch out for. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you're, you're dead right in that the once you guys can can properly nail the the tactics and settling in it, settling into a game plan and playing as a cohesive unit, that's that's really what's going to drive you to the next level. Because individually, you can all mix it with with some of the very best. Um, but yeah, getting that. Um, Familiarity with each other and uh, experience and depth in the squad is going is really going to take you to the next level. It's going to be good to see
1: I think it's, it's when you play when you play on, on this level it's the mistakes you make are the best mistakes to learn from in a way uh, yeah. things, things that you do on court that you shouldn't have done uh, is something that you probably won't do again ever I mean you, you don't learn the same way when you're playing say at home uh, yeah
2: that's true because they're just so much more important here and it just it gets if you make a mistake you will get punished for it immediately here where as at home it will be probably a bit easier to make up for the mistake so yeah yeah,
1: it doesn't get carved into your memory the same. yeah <laughs> like no why do I do that
2: yeah <laughs> Why did I throw that ball? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, any any other sort of general thoughts about Euros from from anyone?
1: Well, uh, we qualified to the World Championship, so that's the big up for Sweden. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, uh, the the men's qualified. It was uh, a, a it was my first time coaching the men's, so bragging time. But yes, <laughs> so happy well done. Thank you very much. Uh, so so that was uh, that was amazing. I lost the little piece of voice I had left after that game, standing screaming. Uh, I unfortunately missed the England Northern Ireland games, the game in semifinal uh, because we were qualifying like during that time. So. I missed most of the game, but i'm I'm rewatching it, so yeah
0: <laughs> too fair, too fair that game that game against us was uh would have been quite worth watching if it wasn't for the spectacle happening next door, but then, yeah <laughs>
1: yeah we we heard like we heard the screams, and I was desperately trying to keep my team focused on what they were doing <laughs> <laughs> because they they kept turning their heads like what is going on over there. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think that was really spectacular, just a, I think, it, was it the quarterfinals? I really get confused about those things, but when those were really intense matches and everybody was screaming, and I, I was really glad I wasn't playing them because I wouldn't have been able to concentrate at all. Everybody was screaming and it was hep- everything was happening at the same time, so yeah, really cool.
1: And it was some kind of weird acoustics thing, like when the whole hall said no or yes it kind of vibrated the floor so you're like something's going on
0: i didn't do it probably another thing uh to echo that is just that there were a a load of incredibly close games in all stages of the competition i think it's for me like um the groups tended to like by and large, historically, it tended to be quite clear cut in um, in that you fairly you're fairly certain that this team is going to beat that team, and that team is going to beat the other team, and vice versa. But then when you have t- when you have matches like oh, I don't know uh, Aus- Austria against Northern Ireland in the men's in the men's group, or Scot- uh, Scotland Sweden in the men's groups, and stuff like that, they're just the the games were balanced on a knife edge uh, through all four days, so. Yeah, spectators definitely got their money's worth. Well. Yeah,
1: we played equally against the, both Scotland and Ireland, actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah. how is it going
0: to go? So, ordinarily, you'd have had you'd have had a few games that you that you're going to really struggle with, and a few games that are going to be a bit of a walk in the park, and not much in between. But yeah, this year is anything but. I
3: think. Um... Sort of going up on that qualifying, right? It's, like, it's a bit of a sore, bit of a sore subject for what we refer to as the home nations, isn't it, Sam?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I mean it. It is what it is. I think um, it's it's hand it's being approached in the right way. Yeah. Um. And yes, yeah, the the approach of it's
3: it's the nude itself that's not sitting well with people, but the approach that has been taken to it is perfectly fine you know it's it makes
0: sense yeah I think it's it's the right um direction to be heading in I personally had my and whether it was the time um given the growth and um niche nature of the sport whether it's the right thing to do right now, but I think that the um I think the way that it's been phased in quite slowly has been um yeah, it's been helping to conquer that.
1: Uh as uh, as some of you might know, I, I recently got a position as a Secretary General in the uh, WDBF. Uh and I have to admit that I have not yet put myself in properly in this subject, so I'm gonna avoid commenting if that's all right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Very diplomatic. (laughs) Do you do you have any do you have any major plans? Um, given your given your new role, what sort of things can we expect from you?
1: Uh, well, still working on that part. Uh, Now we're (laughs) we're just trying to conform because since there are a lot of new countries uh, in in the organization, we're we're kind of rewriting uh, the bylaws so that they will fit properly on a global level with the addition of a staggering 17 new nations to the, to the WDBF. Uh, so we're working on, well, it's very text-based at the moment, I have to admit, <laughs> uh, but just so that, so that the transition from being not that many to a whole lot is going smoothly, and so that everybody uh, gets a voice as soon as possible, basically. Does that make any sense?
3: Yeah. No, absolutely.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, until sort of you guys have got, as it were, sort of set in stone, as in everything is fits well with every nation. There's not really much that the nations individually can do, if that makes sense. So until we know where you guys are, we don't have anything to do yet.
1: No, understand. Like I said, I'm. I'm honestly not really into the to the whole uh, GB versus whole nation discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, for it just, I'm too afraid of saying anything wrong. So I'm, I'm. gonna be as diplomatic as I can in the whole <laughs> subject as a whole. <laughs> that's that's safe. I like that. Cheers. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> I just don't want to say anything that I'm gonna regret later. Yeah,
2: yeah I can understand. That's yeah,
1: fair, yeah. But. Uh, I, for for those that have been uh, not hating but been negative on the EDF side, uh, it is a WDBF decision. So uh, the the hate on the EDF side might might stop, please, <laughs> because it's not uh, it's not the it's not an EDF matter. Uh, so uh, those those uh, concerns should be directed to WDBF for yeah. for those who want to say something.
3: <laughs> I, I, see, I I just roll with it and I'll, I'll play when and where they want me to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got the easier job of being a player, so I just have to do as I'm
1: told.
2: <laughs> yeah, same for me. Yeah, it's just the easiest uh, roll you can get. Yeah.
3: Be on court this day, this time, this location. Done. Sorted. Yeah. Hopefully, win. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, don't, if, if you don't win, at least look
1: good doing it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like gymnastics, really. If you fail, just make it look good. <laughs> <laughs> Add a bit of flair, and you'll be
0: fine. Yeah, any final words before we call it a day?
2: Um, I'm just really thankful for past Europeans because the. This year, I really felt that we became, as a Dutch squad, we really became a part of the European Championships and the European Dutchball Federation as a whole. Because, well, for me personally, it felt like everybody was just much more open this year. And not that they weren't open the past few years, but it was just, it felt like we really fit in with everybody. We just talked to everybody and people were really helpful. So that just made the whole Europeans for me. So thanks to everybody who helps us.
1: Well, thank you right back. It was lo- <laughs> lovely having you guys. Yeah. <laughs> On behalf yeah, of all you Europeans, you're welcome. Yes. Well,
2: yeah.
1: yes. <laughs> as EDF, we love you guys.
2: Oh, we love you too.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I just, um, I love the after party. That was, uh, that was clearly one of the highlights as well. Uh, it was uh, it was well organized and everybody was just standing, shouting, dancing, and just having the time of their life. I just that was kind of the the final glue that just makes you long even more for the next heroes. Just hanging out with everybody and and just having that time to get to know each other on a personal level, amazing.
2: Yeah, agreed.
1: Yeah, I had so many dance battles and I think I lost <laughs> every single one. <laughs>
0: Alright, perfect. Yeah, I think we'll call that a day then, guys. Thanks thanks a lot for your time. Um, no, I really enjoyed that. Put a big <laughs> smile on my face. Yeah, that was that was really good it, guys. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It's my thank first you. podcast ever, so thank you for taking my podcast virginity. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, thank, thank you for doing this podcast. I really enjoy listening to it, and it really helps getting some insights from other nations and just hearing people talk about the heroes. is just fun. Yeah,
0: good,
3: I'm glad. Now we just have 14 months till the next one. So uh...
2: We've got <laughs> to find enough. ways to
1: pass the time now. <laughs> <laughs> practice, practice, practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Thanks, Cheers, guys, Bye. Thank you.
2: Thanks. Bye.
1: is that is that the horse making noises
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it might be (laughs) probably
1: that's perfect four humans and one horse
2: if you hear any (laughs) weird sounds it's probably my horse sorry (laughs) most of the weird (laughs) sounds is going to be me
1: it sounds like the start of a joke i think the name of this episode should be (laughs) four humans and one horse
0: Because I can edit that, I can edit you saying that out and pretend that I came up with this idea. Yes, do it.